Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphomet. Tonight, a podcast-exclusive Night Drift, recorded a few days ago in front of a live Euphemet Patreon audience. I'm joined once again by writer and paranormal investigator Darcy Staniforth in a conversation with witch Katie Webb. We talk about dreams, ghosts, and cemeteries. That's tonight on Night Drift. This Thursday, we release a new Euphemet. You can hear it on this very podcast feed. I'm Jim Perry, and we'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. our relationship to it. This is Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. We are back here on Night Drift. You're listening now on 1150 AM, KKNW. We're not taking calls tonight as this program was recorded a few days ago in front of a live Euphemet Patreon audience. And listen, I also need to tell you that Euphemet Season 5 continues with a new episode on Thursday, March 17th. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear this program on that very same feed. And real quick, I'd like to thank our sponsors, AMC Networks, Shudder, and BetterHelp. And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening right now, whether the live radio broadcast or later on the Yuva Met podcast feed. So to, tonight, uh, two fascinating thought leaders in the exploration of the strange. She's a writer, lectures in the field of American studies, and is a paranormal investigator Darcy Staniforth joins us once again. Darcy, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jim. I'm always happy to be here. Yeah. And she is a divinatrix, witch, and investigator, Katie Webb. Katie, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to be so much fun catching up tonight. Yes. So uh, so um, our panel tonight uh, with the Euphemet Patreon community will essentially kind of be a loose conversation about magic, uh, divination, our push and pull relationship with uh, reality and maybe the space we find in between it all. Mm. So uh, Darcy, let's let's start with you because uh, I, th I think what might be a good bridge into opening up this conversation is to talk a little bit about your new opportunity 
that you have. <laughs> I understand you have a new venture. Yes. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your new role in this very spooky place? Yes, absolutely. So um, I am working uh, as a tour docent for Haunted OC, Haunted Orange County, and in partnership with the Heritage Museum of Orange County. And I am the tour docent for the Kellogg House, Kellogg of the Kellogg family of gardening, not of cereal. Um, <laughs> okay. And so I get to the great thing about Haunted OC and part of the reason I really wanted to work with them is because yes, they tell ghost stories, but they do it with a true historical perspective, looking at like the real history of things, which, so it brings together like history brain and paranormal brain for me, which makes me really, really happy. Um, and so I'm so, I'm so excited. Uh, we just started up the, the tours had been happening and then COVID took them away and they needed a new tour docent for a Kellogg house. So that is what I, uh, I, they were like, would you like to do the Kellogg house? I'm like, yes. Uh, and a big <laughs> part of that is because of the various tours that Haunted OC does, only a few have inside locations. And so the fact that this house has report after report after report of activity, um, and it's a beautiful Victorian house built in 1898 uh, by Hiram Clay Kellogg for his second wife, Helen. Mm. They have a very storied history. <laughs> oh, that um, uh, Helen, uh, Hiram's first wife, Victoria, passed away three weeks after giving birth to their daughter, um, who was also named Victoria Sybil, but went by Sybil. Mm. And so Hiram was flying solo uh, for many years. And then he started getting these letters from a Helen Kellogg who happened to be his distant cousin who thought she was writing to her father. Oh, and wow. for okay. a few as months, one does. Yeah. yeah, as one does. So Hiram thought he's just getting like, Hiram was like, Oh, I I'll just start reading these letters. And he doesn't let her know for quite some time that, uh, <laughs> that it's not her father. And so finally he reaches out and is like, Hey, I just want to like, no, you haven't actually been reading to your father. My name's Hiram. I'm actually like a distant cousin and I'm a single father. Would you be interested in moving to California? If you take the train from where you're living in the Midwest to Portland, I'll meet you in Portland. I'll marry you on the spot. We can have a family. You will have a beautiful home. Like just wow. like basically like she's going to hit the jackpot. Yeah. And he's like one caveat, no redheads. That's like his big caveat. No redheads. So <laughs> Helen's what? like, Helen's like, okay, no problem. Great. Get packs up. So, waves bye to her family out there, takes the train out to Portland. He meets her, marries her on the spot. They uh, go to a local cafe to celebrate the wedding. And she takes off her bonnet and flaming red hair falls out. <laughs> Good for her. That's, that's how they yeah. start, right? That's, that's how they right. start. Her. Um, but, uh, and Helen, and this ended up being the house that he built for her. And after Hiram passed, Helen stayed in the house, uh, the rest of her life, had another husband, she ended up actually passing away in the house. Um, and so the executive director and a lot of the other museum staff are like, Helen is still here. And so when we come wow. into the house and we leave the house, we always greet Helen, um, Helen was a little bit more of a stern woman. Mm. Um, and so as I was. Is that a spaceship? The, that's it's they're the finally sirens. coming to take I, us. 
really thought my headphones would help this out, but it doesn't matter. Let's take a pause. I live in between a fire station and a hospital. It's just like... Constant. There's the not time. a moment where this isn't happening. That, that was that was me in Seattle. Yeah, no worries. So <laughs> it was actually very dramatic in terms yeah, of when you were oh, like timing that. I, I thought like someone was maybe. I was like John McEdward. Are you scoring the story now? Like what is? <laughs> John's like send me that sound please because it did. It did sound like something was landing and then we were all going to be taken away, which yeah. I wouldn't mind. Not so yeah. bad. Hey, listen, that probably please. get some downloads. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh my God! Did you hear the euphemet Patreon hang? They got pulled out. They are just gone. Every single one of them. Gone. Different we locations across the world. <laughs> viral. Amazing. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay. It's okay. so, so where so, we were at in the story is is you. Th- this place is is still being graced by the red hair woman. Yeah, we we think that Helen is still there. Um, But we also think because, so where the house originally was, was in nearby, like the house is now in Santa Ana, but it was in a different location in Santa Ana originally. Mm, Sounds familiar. So the the house uh, was, um, the land that it's on now used to be swampland. And so like they, when they moved it, they had to get rid of the basement, things like that. So sometimes- they think it's Helen showing up. Sometimes they think it's indigenous spirit showing up. We have some photos with things. Um, the museum hosts a lot of weddings. And mm. so there are um, brides and grooms. And I'm like, please convince one to give one to us. So they have not done it. But people getting married have taken pictures in front of the house because it's this gorgeous house. And in a second story window, there's like a little girl that appears in their wedding photos. But like a lot of them have gotten really freaked out that they don't want to like they don't want to um, like share those out. Yeah. Um, There have been uh, reports of uh, shadow figures in parts Mm. of the house. So there's all kinds of different things. Plus on top of it, because even though the Victorian is fully restored, and beautiful about 90 percent of the items inside are donated so Hmm. who knows what else they've brought in right Right. and even the night we were doing our our final walkthrough before we like like went like yep we're good to go um myself ernie who's one of the owners of haunted oc and jamie who's the executive director um, we were there and Jamie brought her 18 month old bloodhound Orville Sue, who's the sweetest boy. Orville is just a love. Like I love him so name. much. If anyone's seen on my Instagram, me posed with this beautiful regal looking dog in a bow tie, that's Orville Sue. <laughs> and um, so Orville, a lot of times will go in the house. He does not like to go in the kitchen. And there's some stories around why Orville may not like to go in the kitchen, but it was also reported that Helen just didn't like dogs. So he normally just won't go in the kitchen. So we're doing this walkthrough. We go upstairs. We're finishing that half of the tour. And Orville just starts flipping out like in the hallway. Like he doesn't want to go in certain rooms. He's getting like whiny and skittish. Like he was just not having the house that night. And Jamie's like, he has never reacted this way upstairs. I don't know what's happening. Mm. So that happened. And then as we were finishing up and we knew there were staff on the grounds, but they weren't at all in our building or near our building. And so as we were finishing up this walkthrough, all of a sudden the door sensor, like somebody walked in the door 
went off. Hmm. It's all beep, beep. Like somebody came in and we're like, hello. <laughs> Nobody had come in. And then a little while ago, like beep, beep and went out. Wow. And then it happened like a couple other times. So just things are starting to be interesting. Now, the other part of this for me personally, that I am interested to see how this goes is um, Helen did not like had a very horrific relationship with Hiram's first daughter, Sybil, because uh, Helen knew that Victoria was the true love of Hiram's life. Mm. And Sybil looked a ton like her mother, like so much. So it just constantly reminded Helen to the point where like Helen was, was violent with uh, Sybil. Like, I don't want to give away all the ghost stories from the door, but like she was violent with her. Well, when I, the first time I went into the house and we went upstairs and we were kind of doing this initial walkthrough, I look over and like, here is this picture of Victoria and picture of Sybil and they have they have more olive skin, which I don't have olive skin. However, very strong eyebrows and darker wavy hair, which my hair right now is straightened, but I have naturally wavy hair. Like it looks like we could be related. <laughs> and so I'm like, mm, I wonder how this is gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> while we're right. here. Um, how fascinating is that? It's so, it's really, like, I'm really like, hmm, 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 hmm. So I, you know, and when I'm doing these tours, I'm in full replica Victorian morning. Like, I have a wow. full dress. I have a, a Victorian morning brooch, which by Victorian morning dress nerd standards, it would not be completely full morning because they wouldn't be wearing jewelry at that point. But I use it as an informational piece, like, to explain to people how Victorian morning customs went and things like that. Um, so I don't know. It's going to, it's, I'm, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, uh, Katie and I were both at phenomena con a couple weeks ago yeah. uh, with uh, the traveling museum of the paranormal and occult. Mm-hmm. And Dana was talking about some different things that she wants, you know, she thinks about as far <clears throat> as practice around investigation and mm-hmm. uh, around using, a pendulum to look for different areas. So like went got myself a pendulum. (laughs) Like I'm going to (laughs) start doing some like smaller stuff in the house, but having this access at these different times and at night and in the day, like I'm it's, it's really interesting, but it's a great way because like the museum in itself is doing really great things. Like we start each tour with a land acknowledgement because the museum is on Tongva land and they're, um, Swamp the swamp area that is still pristine on that land. They're actually working with the Tongva people to um, l- let them use that space for closed spiritual practice, which I think is really incredible. Yeah. Um, and I just love that museums are like thinking about this. And uh, even though the family has a lot of drama, it's not problematic issues. So we're not getting into these worries about like dark tourism in, you know, things around enslavement or people being terrible or like murders or anything like that. So I'm just really, I'm really, really excited. So we had our first tour this past last Friday. I have another one this Saturday. We have another one in March. Um, I know some museum members are coming this Saturday. So I'm really excited about that. 
Um, and so, and then we're just starting to book out. So that's, that's like one of the new exciting things I'm getting to do. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so stoked <laughs> to get to learn more and more history and that more and more ghost stories keep coming. Well, yeah. And you're going to find yourself, you know, at the first of this conversation that was, was not included in this broadcast, but, but off air, we were talking about time and we were talking about how slippery it, it can become and mm-hmm. our relationship to it is so suggestive right so you looking like these family members potentially being in period where um telling sharing the history the the emotional history of what this place is talk about losing yourself in time a little bit right Uh (laughs) yeah oh yeah and and it's like it is such a I mean, it is a beautifully preserved house, like beautifully preserved and restored. And so it's it's not like even though they're a museum, there's so many aspects about it that don't feel like a museum. Right. And like the more and more I engaged with this space, I just become more and more at home with it. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this is it, it's a it's a very um interesting thing you bring up a really good point about the emotional history right because i think a lot of people don't think about those um aspects of when we're retelling these stories when we're sharing these kinds of things um about it and one of the things that like i pay attention to because there's a, a particular picture in the house a portrait of hiram and helen that we think might actually be a composite because of the way that they're each looking in very different directions. But like Helen in the picture looks like she is in full Victorian morning, like a fancier version of it. So even in that, like keeping those kinds of pictures of like, here is the snapshot in time, right? Here is portraits of you, but here is like a snapshot of you in time when you are in mourning. you are in like the dark, like one of the darkest places. Right. And yeah. then, family trees and honoring other people and even the fact that like we honor victoria and sybil in this house who have both like victoria passed like i said only three weeks after childbirth and and sybil has since passed but like they never even lived in this house Hmm. like sybil lived i'm sorry sybil lived in the house but victoria never lived in the house sybil lived in the house victoria didn't so like again that emotional history and the trauma and the almost like the sneak, like the sneakiness of Hiram's letters, but also yeah. like the sneakiness of Helen being like, Oh, I'm not read. Oh, surprise. You know? And so these kinds of interesting, <laughs> just these, these different interesting things that are starting to show up. So yeah. I am starting to document on my end, like this happened on this time, <laughs> this happened on this time oh, and really pay attention because there is another farmhouse on the property as well. That's a, it's a 5,600 square foot farmhouse called the Mag Farmhouse that uh, has also had paranormal activity. Um, But even though it has paranormal activity, there's not terrible family drama. The family actually says like, oh, you know what? Like we've actually had great times. It's always been very happy, but yet there's still activity going. But again, it's another house that has been moved from its original location to a new location. Um, That's and same with the Waterhouse Museum that I just visited in yeah. Orlando. Yeah. It was like, hey, there are happy ghosts here. There are definitely ghosts here. 
this is what the tour guides and, and even the historical society believe. But they're like, they're all happy. Because like this wasn't a yeah. messed up, like there wasn't this discourse in the family, and and every this was a happy zone, and so th- this is at least the, the the story that's being told now, and it looks like evidence supports that. And how refreshing is it that we can navigate through some of these spaces and and not all be like sort of jails and you know <laughs> these areas oh. where where people are trying to find uh, negativity and and something to engage in with that level, right? There's a million happy ghosts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To find so yeah. many happy ghosts, and one of so one of my favorite many. one of my favorite stories from the Mag Farmhouse, the other house on the property, is that they had a paranormal team investigating in that house, and that house is like gutted on the inside, like it it's their next big restoration project, and so they had there's no lights inside, there's no anything, but there are a couple pieces of furniture, and there's a piano that actually used to belong to one of the Mag daughters. So this paranormal team had come to investigate and uh, Jamie, the executive director was in there with them and they were doing like the flashlight experiment, right? Like turn on flash, like asking questions and getting them to turn on flashlights. Well, they're asking all these questions and like nothing is happening. Nothing's going on. And so one of the investigators was like, do I remember you telling me they were German immigrants? And Jamie's like, yeah. And he goes, I happen to know how to play a German polka on the piano. Do you (laughs) mind if I do that? And she's like, go ahead. So he goes over and starts playing this German polka and the flashlights start going off like strobe lights. Wow. Wow. Oh, and I love it when music is engaging, right? Yeah. uh, It crosses all boundaries seemingly. Mm. So um, we've got to head to a break right now. But, uh, you know, Katie, you, of course, are an experienced investigator many of us have followed you whether it's you know online or through some of your adventures through various content platforms right um and and i'll want to get your reaction to activity like this and then ask you some questions about divination but also we got to talk about some happy ghosts because i I, you know i I think we're getting to this point where we need some happy ghosts in our life Mm. (laughs) so they're everywhere and, and we'll hear stories about that right after this, on Night Drift, we're talking with two investigators, Darcy Staniforth and Katie Webb, about ghosts and magic. And next, we'll dive deeper into divination and a world beyond our own right here on Night Drift. I'm Jim Perry. We'll be right back after this. Hashtag Night Drift. N-I-T-E-D-R-I-F-T and share your thoughts with us on Twitter.
the night. This is Jim Perry. You are listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. <laughs> well, I have to, I, I've got to go back to Portland, Maine at some point uh, in time. I've got we'd love to have you. business there. I've got unfinished business. I believe it. I believe it. I had a bean cannery there that I couldn't, I, I've seen in dreams that I couldn't, and it, maybe you remember me It closed. Tripping. It did. But it still, like, exists. Like, it, nothing has replaced it, but it closed during COVID. Okay. Can I share with you guys? Like, yes! inside here? Please! Beans! Okay. Beans! 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 So, <laughs> Katie might remember some of this because I was, like, I would, like, I was hopelessly enamored. Both Carl Pfeiffer and I, we 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 spent um, a, a whole season recording the show together, and we in fact recorded a short film with Katie and a, a, a bunch of short films that we have not released yet, but we're we will at some point in time, and, <laughs> and probably directly for for you guys on the on the Patreon feed. Ooh. But um, during that time, Carl and I, as as you do. We got so lost in a sink storm that we felt completely imbalanced by the time we got to Maine. I mean, we mm. went up the eastern seaboard. By the time we were there, it was maybe like day 12 or something. We were, um, we were a mess, and we were just trying to keep it together. Because by that time, we had experienced so many different energies, so many different interesting people and phenomenon, that it started to really affect us in a deep way. And mm. we started to be invited into into um, phenomenon that we knew nothing about. We had an experience in Sleepy Hollow that we'll never forget. Uh, I mean, how on the nose is that? But, right. you know, we really did have a, a, a sink storm in Sleepy Hollow that s we still believe that we were called to um, find someone with magical abilities in Sleepy Hollow that was trying to get our attention like a clarion call, like a, like a siren of sorts. Uh, and, uh, and we still don't know what that means. It was just a general feeling and a read from the synchronicities that we were having. So the time we got to Maine, things started, shit, shit started getting really weird because uh, we were on the highway going south to, towards our Airbnb, cutting through Portland, Maine. When you're going south on the right, maybe it's north, I don't know, on the right side of it, it's north. We're going north, right side of it, eastern seaboard there, in the in the bay, I don't know, in the, in the bay there in Portland, yep. there's a beanery. A bay. There's yes. a beanery there, and yep. they roast like they do, they bake beans. B&M baked beans, baby. <laughs> B&M baked beans. B &M. And I had, a, I had a moment when we were like driving by, and I was just like, Oh my God, I've seen that place before. And I was like, where do, where, do, where do I know that from? Where do I see it? And I'm looking at the, I'm scanning the side of the building. I'm looking at the parking lot. I'm seeing where it's sitting on the bay. And I remember a dream that I had months before. That I was there in that exact parking lot. Scanning the side of the building with a friend. Trying to figure out a way to get into the building. We finally had found a door on the second floor with a, um, you know, sort of an outdoor stairwell, steel stairwell, that we were able to get up into it and someone was trying to, um, someone was trying to leave that space, essentially, and we were helping them do that. I don't remember who I was with. I don't remember in particular who the person was that, that wanted out, but I remembered the space exactly. And I've never seen pictures of 
B&M. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know this (laughs) place that I was in, in Portland, Maine, but, but it was, it was exactly as I had dreamed. And so we got back to our Airbnb. I call up my friend, Tim, that you guys know, I call up Tim and I'm like, listen, shaman, (laughs) can you help me like sort through this stuff? And of course he gives me a very shamanistic answer. I have this, I have this on audio, I recorded it, but he was no help. Like, gen, like general, he won't give me answers. He'll speak in riddles, you know? So I begrudgingly leave the conversation with him. And I say, Carl, let's like get in the rental car. Let's go out there. Like grab your, grab your shit, man. Let's like go out there and see. So we do, we head out there. And one afternoon we, you know, there's no security gates for the front parking lot, but there's kind of security gates all around it. And I was like, I'm just going to get out. I'm going to like walk I'm, I'm going to walk my dream. And so I get out. Carl stays in the car because he's a real chicken shit. <laughs> Carl stays in the car because he thinks that like people are going to like assault us for like walking onto this production facility. The bean police. Yeah. The bean police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm out there alone and I'm like walking through the space. <clears throat> and God damn it. It was like just like my dream. And I still like can't rectify that feeling that I had there. It was like, what the fuck? And I'm scanning the side of the building. I'm not seeing the staircase that was in my dream. But I look up and there's a door on the side of the building (laughs) on the second floor where there used to be a staircase and now there's not one. What? (laughs) And so... This was like the morning before we were going to go and interview and hang out with Katie Webb. (laughs) (laughs) And so we pushed all of that aside, but it was fueling my uh, intense curiosity about things like um, Katie's work in other realms, you know, and and, and her ability to experience these different realities uh, in, in, in various ways. And if you remember the Euphemat feature that... Katie and I did together. It was episode 30, I believe, called Realms. If you look and find that, you know, Katie tells some incredible stories about even at one point in time, finding herself trapped in, in, in one of these realms for a very long time. And to me, it was tripping me out because <laughs> here I was in some form or fashion feeling as if I was trapped back at that bean place in some version of myself not knowing why i was getting these messages the way i was and so we sat there around a campfire in the back of like i think it was like ty's house or like and um Mm -hmm. you know after after the 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 interview proceeded and um we were eating chips katie was having a smoke and i like was like what do you make of this (laughs) like what is this and she was kind of like holy shit this is a lot like that's crazy she's like i definitely believe like everything that you're saying and there's something to it and it seems like the start of something not the end of anything it seems like the start of something and maybe you won't know when that next chapter arrives and to say is it tied in with all the other synchronicities you were having in this trip. I mean, we talked about like we were sharing our synchronicity with the Fleetwood Mac song and like, 
you know, all these different things that happened. Like, you know, it seems like 50 different synchronicities that occurred during this trip with Carl and I. I started to believe that maybe Carl was just the answer to this. And like, <laughs> he's why all the hell your shit actually started popping off at some point in time. Because he's just it's like some sort Carl. of synchronicity, you Wait, know, superstorm. You are know? you saying that Carl is Terry Wrist? <laughs> yeah, Car right Carl. Now? Yeah. I'm Carl just... is Terry Wrist. <laughs> That's... Okay. Okay. You That's heard it here first, but you heard it here tonight. But anyway, tin cans and beans. Tin cans and beans. Yeah, there is that. There is that connection. There is that connection. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening to me at that point in time, which I felt very fragile, and that I was like very on very thin ice with my grasp on my own reality. And I want to thank you for being there for me and, and for Carl by extension. I mean, he's a little bit more of a cool cucumber than me. Um, <laughs> I was tripping out and um, yeah. So I appreciate that Katie. Thank you so much for being there for me for that. I remember when we were all on the beach and I was telling the story about the Telluric realm and Carl, I don't remember what I was saying. It happened two separate times, but Carl reacted as if I had said something that was some sort of synchronicity for you guys. Like he kept being like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I never found out what any of that was. And I could never even tell you what I was talking about in that moment. Yeah. But I just like, remember being like, these guys are in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And listen, yeah. Uh, and listen, we really were. And for those of you listening right now, I mean, it's maybe a experience. Have, have any of you had the same sort of experience as to where you get not too far down a rabbit hole, but it's almost as if you're ushered into this other mm. space, you know, and mm. one thing leads to another. And sometimes it takes somebody that maybe is around you that has a little bit more grounding, but also an openness and an open heart to help you pull out of some of that and just uh, continue living in that mystery as a human being and not as, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of a, um, uh, a victim <laughs> of sorts to, to, to what the games are, you know, Jim, do you remember what you felt like when you were in the bean factory? Like, or even just like, like if you closed your eyes right now, could you, conjure the feeling of what you felt like when you woke up from that dream i felt like i was trying to um like i was trying to save something or 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 um the feeling was um uh, I, I was so i'm was asking nervous. because I think this feeling, if you can feel the feeling again and not intellectualize it, mm -hmm. it's okay if you can't describe it because it's mm -hmm. like a feeling and I feel like it's okay. Mm -hmm. You can't always intellectualize, but mm -hmm. if you can genuinely feel that feeling again, I feel like that's how you get back into dreams mm -hmm. that you, you've had mm -hmm. is you usher yourself into that feeling again. And sometimes that feeling can be scary. So you don't really want to like go back again. Yeah. But I wonder if you could go back again. Yeah, that's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's possible because I have a lot of reoccurring dreams that'll happen mm. 
some of them I don't even know are reoccurring until they're that until I'm in them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely have been to this space before. Interesting. Um, do you ever I recall. do yeah. that on purpose? Um, I have. Yeah, I have before. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to practice some of that stuff when, you know, there would be uh, sort of an expert on that in our bell when I was like a kid, you know? Mm. So I'd be like mm-hmm. 13 yeah. years old or something, like trying to do dream work. Um, so, you know, nothing, uh, overtly serious, but I love that advice, Katie. And I think I'm going to definitely take you up on it that in, if I can find a state within myself where I feel I'm, I'm ready Mm -hmm. to emerge back into that, Mm. I am, I'm Mm -hmm. definitely going to go try to visit that space again. Yeah. I think for me, it's all about how, how I felt in the dream in getting me back there. I used to try to remember the places and kind of like visually take myself back into dreams. But the, but like you said, like reoccurring dreams aren't always in the same place. Like sometimes you don't realize you're in a reoccurring dream quite yet because some things do like shift and change. So I think like I usher myself dreams, like reoccurring dreams on purpose through my feeling, I kind of allow my visual escape to change and i don't know maybe you could get an answer or two <laughs> i don't know maybe uh, there are none <laughs> yeah right right well it's it's certainly a platform to explore right <laughs> love that yeah yeah why not yeah love that. it's interesting that the bean factory is closed too i wonder if like it's a vibe being closed is different and maybe there's more access to it spiritually because it's kind of liminal now. Mm. Um, Darcy, what would you suggest in terms of things that you've seen in terms of people experimenting with um, realms that they feel familiar in yet maybe mm. don't quite exist? <laughs> is there like um I don't know. Do you think I should try? Maybe, should I go back to Portland and maybe, I don't know, do some divination or some different methods to try to contact something um, in those regards at the bean factory itself? Should I break into the bean factory? I'm asking you permission. Yes. Um, mm. mm-hmm. um, I don't. I don't want to tell you to do anything illegal, Jim, um, uh, because, you know, I don't want you arrested. Well, it's all theoretical. This is theoretical. all theoretical. Um, we're speculating here. With your mind. Breaking in with my mind is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, with your mind. Um, here's the thing. I I would absolutely go back because I, ab- I, I know that feeling of spaces that you need to be in, like where you feel called or drawn, right? And it may not even be the factory. It might be the the land it's on. It might be, you know, Mm. that factory was there for 150 years, right? So there's there's definitely things that came before that. Um, But yeah, I I would go back, but I love Katie's suggestion about trying to get back into that space of of that dreaming because I think it's something that I do... Uh, especially with like the, the nature spaces or the comfortable spaces that I like to go and be in where I just almost feel this like call, like, Oh, I need to go to this place today. And I might Mm. not even know why I need to go to that place, 
but there's a reason for it. And it's like, I don't just feel a call to like, this is why you need to go to this place, but this is also what you should be listening to and kind of thinking about or focusing on when you're doing that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm still like processing the fact that the staircase wasn't there, but the door was. Yeah. And like that <laughs> as just an analogy for all the kind of work that we do anyway, it's like yeah. staircase isn't here, but the door is, yes. you know? Yes, yes, of course. Um, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think that like if you were done with it, you wouldn't have, have the call coming. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. have that feeling of like, I have, like you said, I have unfinished business there. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty intense feeling. Yeah. That's an intense feeling. Like this place is not done with me. Right. And to dream of a structure, like while you're talking about, it, I was looking it up. Cause I'm like, okay, is it possible that like, this is something we've seen in a television show or movies, mm. or like, this is something that looks like maybe. Right. Nope. I've never seen that bean factory <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Well, it's very weird too, because the parking lot and the building itself is sort of like extends right into the bay in a way I've yeah. never really mm. seen before. And I remember a part of that dream was I was on the other side of the fence on that rocky shoreline as I was like getting into the, like the back of the facility. And I was like, this is too, this is too close. I mean, this is exactly I was like, I was over there. I was over there. And I was going, what else is real in life? What what else could be true at this moment? Um, we've <laughs> we've got a lot of good comments over here. Uh, Heather. Yeah, one of them made me think like, okay, so you know when you create wards and things like that around your house, there's like this element of visualization that's creating like a physical like barrier. And I almost mm-hmm. wonder if there's some sort of like visualization you could do to recreate a staircase. What is there someone or something in the bean factory that needs the staircase like back and thinks yeah. they can't like exit because the staircase is gone or something like mm. that? Right. I don't know. This maybe the staircase wasn't meant to be a literal physical one. Kind of got my wheels spinning, Heather. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And then Heather mentions maybe you need to build a metaphysical bridge, mm-hmm. stairs to the door to access mm-hmm. that next level. Maybe. Could be a next level. Could be freedom for someone, something for you. For Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Jay also comments, right, yeah. Katie, reoccurring dreams are persistent messengers that return to provide us information in continually evolving contexts. Wow. Well said. And Jay asks, Ask yourself, what is a staircase? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, I un- Jay, um, if it's okay that I call you out here, my friend. I understand that you know you do a lot of work within dreams, and you even are a part of a weekly group. Is is that correct? And and if so, if if you have anything on this topic that you'd like to share, I mean, I Hell you know yeah. we'd love to hear from you, man. That'd be awesome. And of course, like no pressure. Yeah. You, you don't you know you don't have to, but I'm just saying. The, the floor is yours if, if you'd like to. Um, uh, Beelzebub says, you don't have to see all the stairs. Just take the first step. Ooh, that's deep. Mm. That's really deep. <laughs> that's deep. Man. Okay, so J- Jay is going to join us here. Sweet. All right. Um, 
Well, thank you, uh, Jim. And uh, it's great to be with you, Darcy and Katie. And Hi, uh, Jay. hey, guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as soon as you know, dreams, like if I hear that word, I just come running across the room, um, <laughs> you know, and ghosts and everything else and and beans, too. I Who doesn't love beans? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like the the way that um, I've you know, been trained and mentored in all of this is kind of in a very personal way. It's the idea of what does it mean to you? First and foremost, it's the opposite of what a lot of us were raised on, which were, you know, with dream dictionaries, you know, run and look to the symbol that somebody else has defined for you. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, you know, what does it mean to you in your life? And wow. so, um, you know, when when Katie, you know, was kind of re-entering you back into that dream with that feeling, that was kind of an exciting moment for all of us because you were gifting us with your dream and you were giving us all a taste of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, what the staircase means to you, what the doorway means to you and, and really what that factory means to you is um, ultimately the most important thing. Yeah, well, that's wild, man. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that comment. I'm, I mean, I'm glad um, that I'm able to to share that with you folks. Uh, you know, shit. I feel like I'm making this whole thing about me, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's strange, right? Uh, Jay, you are a participant in sort of like a weekly um, a, a weekly group, right? Where where you do dream work together, or you study dream work, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I uh, lead a group. Um, I'm also um, in a, um, a class that's about to wrap up. I'm getting a, a certification through the Institute of Dream Studies and getting a certification as a dream work professional. So wow. I've kind of taken it in. Cool. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I would never expected that a few years ago. Is so. Why is, yeah. why is that? <laughs> um, you know, I all of this, to be honest, is because of um, discovering, discovering, you know, um, the Hellier and discovering the museum group and discovering you and, and this group. Um, because of that, I, I got back into dream work. I was into it when I was a, a kid. Um, thanks to my mom. And, um, you know, she got, she had me into it. And um, I, it's the people you meet along the way, right? Yeah. And um, I was lucky enough to have a mentor that just kind of pushed me back into dream work. And um, then I realized that it's the way I see it, it it's a kind of the the backdoor way of studying consciousness that all of us mm. have mm. a way to um, uh, access. You know, we don't need to have a um, a white lab coat and work at a, <laughs> a work in a university. You know, all of us can study consciousness you know, from um, from this other side. You know, um, that is so cool, Jay. Yeah. That's that's so damn cool, man. Can I ask a dream <laughs> question then, Jay? 
because I feel like like I, re- I really I love the idea of dream work and I I, I try and sometimes I can be a very um, like lucid dreamer where I'm like I'm aware I'm dreaming and then other times I'm just like it's so real and so visceral <laughs> and people show up in my dreams and I'm the person that like will with certain people call them and be like so you showed up in my dream last night i need to know what's going on like are you okay so when you're talking about like to jim about like the factoring the and and what it means in the staircase and the door is that the same with how when people show up in our dreams or is it possible that people are actually showing up in our dreams or could it be both it's both i think it's absolutely both and uh darcy um because I, you know, there's no way I could give you an answer to that. Um, you know, obviously it's who these people mean to you, mm. but I really truly believe that, you know, dreams bring us to this sort of access state, state of consciousness where we have the ability quite possibly to interact with each other in ways that there's no way that we could possibly, um, map it or understand it you know we're mm. still learning about human anatomy right now you know <laughs> yeah, it's true all the time so yeah. i i think that we're still very early students of consciousness so when people show up in our dreams and especially people that we've never met i think that we're actually meeting people mm. in my opinion Oh man. And there's that whole like Dr. Eric Wargo time loops. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. What, like, what have this? you what have is you this? Kn- I don't I've never heard of this before. Where we know everything. Everything's already yeah. happened. It's stored in the subconscious. We have access to everything. You've already been to the bean factory, maybe yeah. in another dimension. That's why you know about it. And that's why you had a dream about it. Yeah. Because you've wow. yeah. This book, Jim, uh, Eric Time was at, moves. he was at the first Phenomenacon, I think. And he has two, the second one. Yep. And he wrote this book and it, it, it talks a lot about like, um, precognitive, like people having like the studies they've done on, you know, precognitive dreams. And then also like everything that you start, it is, it is a fascinating book. It is definitely something you should read and definitely someone you should have on. Okay. Well, sounds great. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Katie, I've got got, like, I'm looking at that book right now on my bookshelf. So it's kind of tripping me out. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, he, uh, you guys, he complimented my divination style. So, you know, you know, <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Uh, so, you know, it's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, listen, man. Um, I think like maybe you'd like to come and, and be a guest sometime. You mm-hmm. know, I think that would be really cool. Would you be, would you be down to do that? I, I would be honored. Uh, there actually has been a story I've been wanting to share, but I always just feel a little too shy. So um, it takes somebody like you to call me out. So, um, yeah, I'd be happy to, to chat. Cool, man. I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're a part of this community, man. I'm glad you found it all. It's an honor. Thank yeah. you, sir. I love you, dude. Thank all you right. so much love for that. chiming in. All right. Thanks.
I mean, this has been one of the most brilliant detours of uh, a night drift taping ever. <laughs> so, because, I mean, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. It's been so great. This has been such a great conversation here today. Follow Euphemer on Spotify and subscribe on iTunes to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. All right, we are back here on Night Drift. You know, a few years ago, I traveled out to Maine and spent time with Katie Wax. Her feature can be heard on episode 30, Realms, on the Euphemet feed. And did you know Carl Pfeiffer and I shot a short film around this too? Uh, one day, it, uh, it might just be released. So, we're also always looking for stories. Do you have a paranormal experience? Something that has changed your life, uh, put you into a new direction, uh, enhanced your career, changed how you believed something, whatever it may be, I would love to hear it. And I'm sure a lot of other people would. I think at the core of Euphemet as a podcast, it's about connecting each other with the things that we all don't understand that is our relationship to the unknown. And listen, we can find a lot in sharing these stories with each other. I think a lot of people listen to that podcast and might just not feel as alone as they did before listening to it. At least that's my hope and that's my goal. You can share it with me at jim at euphemet.com. And if I take a while to get back to you, I'm so sorry. I'm running all over the place now. Again, the hum, the, the internal hum is back. And so I will get back to you. Just give me a little bit of time. And if you want more of this program, you can find it on the Euphemet feed, wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, just visit euphemet.com. And you can definitely follow us all across social media at Euphemet. 
And I'm back here tonight with Darcy Staniforth and Katie Webb in front of a live Patreon audience. If you'd like to join these hangouts like this, you know, all you have to do is visit patreon.com slash euphemet and join this not-so-secret society of Fordians, witches, experiencers, explorers, and thinkers. These are people that, um, you know, are just trying to figure this stuff out, that are entertained and excited by it, that are deeply exploring it, that that have it a part of every sinew of their body. And not. And that's why we like this community, is because it, we're really uh, uh, a group of people that are experiencing such a wide spectrum of activity, and we use this as a platform to just connect with each other and share those experiences with each other. So um, you are welcome to join us over there. Back here with Darcy and Katie. And Katie, you know, we left the last segment talking about this idea of happy ghosts, right? Can you share a little bit about yes. just this concept of the happy ghost and the potentially the happy yeah. haunted house? Can we talk about that? Yeah. I even have a story for oh, you. That'd be great. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so first of all, I think that when we encounter energy that is outside of us, it is natural to be nervous by it, no matter how it feels. I think all strange energy feels just different. So I think it's really easy to just quickly be like doesn't feel doesn't feel good in here <laughs> doesn't feel good in here but we must go further we must explore because mm. this not feeling good is actually like the tingle right it's the spidey mm. sense mm. it's not necessarily a bad energy it's just our little radar mm. being like boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um <laughs> so i have a cemetery by my house um technically a graveyard it's been closed since like 1912 oh, <laughs> it's wow. been closed for a long ass time wow. um yeah it has like a sad history there are lots of soldiers um some priests and stuff like that and they're kind of it's kind of catholic um but the city gave up on it and turned it into a dog park for a little while. <laughs> and then they realized that was a really shitty thing to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now it's um, now it's a cemetery, but it's like not technically upkept by the city. So like all of the neighbors and we all kind of take care of it. Oh my so wow. it's loved and also forgotten. It's like mm -hmm. loved by its locals, but like forgotten by like the larger government groups. Yeah. Um, and it is a window area. I have experienced all of the things in there, all mm -hmm. of the things. Um, so one time I was in there. This was back in the Haunt Me days. So I was with Haunt Me crew and some of their friends. So we had a big group. And we were experiencing some negative vibes from <laughs> this area of trees. And it kind of like charged at us. We ended up like running out of there that night. Scared. Oh my gosh. Scared. Wow. So I went back with less of those people, but some of those same people. And I went back and we did a thing where we kind of made like a protective area and we sat in the area and we tried to communicate with what was what we were feeling, even though it felt scary. <laughs> sure. We did it anyway. 
Um, and I kind of like went in there and had some like trippy experiences and heard some like sassy negative things. And we were basically like really scared of this area by the end. Um, we've probably been there about three times at this point, but it's right down the street. They're my neighborhood ghosts. So determined, determined to talk to these ghosts. <laughs> so I started going in there and I started just like leaving them treats and long story short, <laughs> still kind of long. <laughs> yeah, we we are homies now. It's all yeah we're homies and the the front the like negative vibes was because they were protecting themselves they didn't mm. trust us either so they were like we sense negative vibes and we were like we sense negative vibes right. <laughs> and everybody was scared yeah <laughs> but it wasn't malicious it was just everybody was nervous <laughs> and everyone <Wow>. was scared <laughs> i mean why and of course yeah yes of course of course course how do they experience us probably in a weird way too right <laughs> yeah and we've been homies for years now it's been like five or six years now mm -hmm. um but it started off rough because mm. it feels weird but you have to like push through those emotions and how do we how do we go on yeah i mean yeah Right. Well, I love what you said about having to, you know, sure, sense what those feelings are, mm. but it might be just an opportunity being presented to push further, to mm. push through that and see what's on the other side. And, mm. and more often than not, Katie, do you believe, you know, once pushing forward, you then get maybe the, the correct information on how to proceed, right? Like, yeah. And for sure. And I, you know what? And even if the ghost energy is like negative, if it truly is like mean or sad, there's like something on our end to be empathetic towards that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's our responsibility to not necessarily meet with the same energy, even if that really is what it, what you're getting, because we're a community you, like you're experiencing a ghost there's some energetic vibe within you that vibes with this thing and like i feel like you just gotta try to work it out if you can <laughs> yeah wow so it's using yeah it's like kind of using uh just be a normal person and yes think about yeah. like i tried you know, to like not say that but that's exactly what it is <laughs> yeah yeah think about and Darcy, it's a little bit like thinking, thinking, um, I don't know, like a conflict manager or something like conflict resolution, right? Like Oof. how, if this was a human being, if, if I, okay, let me try to restate this. Mm -mm. Obviously the idea is that potentially this is a human being that we're interacting right. with in a different state or a different right. energy that needs to be respected just as, <clears throat> just as we do as individuals here in these meat bodies. So often people abstract that idea, right? Like mm -hmm. this is other instead mm. of if you're walking into somebody's house unannounced. Yeah. They might like be a little alarmed at that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we've, we've talked many times about no brost hunting and no <laughs> yelling at spirits, no antagonizing spirits. And I think about the fact, Katie, that this, um, uh, graveyard is Catholic, right? And for in the yeah. Catholic tradition, 
um, traditional burial is very sacred, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea of coming into this space that is a very sacred space for many of these believers, right? And the fact that coming in like, hey, why are you in our space, right? And and why, why are you here? And then them you two interacting or you all interacting in a way that it's like, no, I'm, I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to respect this space. I'm not here to do something negative or damaging. Right. And yeah, it's very much conflict resolution because like, if we are dealing with something that was a human in a, as you called it, meat body gym at one point um, and not maybe another kind of elemental or, or spirit or anything like that, then we want to be treated with respect and dignity. They want to be treated with respect and dignity. And we also have to think about too context and maybe what they understand around language and behavior and manners and customs and traditions and all of these things that don't necessarily make sense to them just as much as things don't make sense to us, right? Like something that might seem antiquated to us, maybe very much of, of their time and their place. We have to think about how gender plays into all this. Like there's a lot of things that we need to think about. And so if we are going in and that's why I have, I have a really hard time because I, I mean, I think everyone on the show loves cemeteries and graveyards and memorial parks and all of those things, but it's also why I treat those spaces, which with such reverence. And I try not to like, even though sometimes like, you know, us being down the freeway from Hollywood forever, which is like one of the most ostentatious cemeteries in a lot of aspects, right? Where you're just like, that is a an entire plot where a man is has a full-size statue of himself sitting in a chair, like dressed in a suit. Like it's fantastic. But at the same time, like somebody did that to honor someone, right? These yeah. are spaces of honor and reverence where people can go and remember and to honor. And then for old graveyards, old cemeteries, ones that are no longer actively burying, right? And this is one of like, this is a death nerd thing, but cemeteries and mausoleums and um, memorial parks have to think about how long they can actually continue as an active business because land fills up. And so that's oftentimes why they build up and they have to like, you know, expand out their services. And sometimes that's why they have a crematorium or they have other services that don't even serve their land, but they can serve other um, cemeteries or, or parks and things like that. So if you have a space like what's in your neighborhood, Katie, that has been not active for so many years and then they get kind of comfortable right and then (laughs) the city was like dog park and it's like well they might love dogs like it's not a dog park it's still like a sacred space like burying ground is holy ground right and so then to bring it back and then have like okay here people come again what now what do they want but it's like oh no you're here to care for us you're not here to disturb us you're not here to take this over in a way you think is appropriate, even though it's inappropriate, right? So I think that there's a lot of those negotiations going on. It's like, it's almost like the idea of, in a in a very loose way of like, don't gentrify our graveyard. Like, let us wow. have our culture, let us have our <laughs> traditions, let us have our remembrances and let us be 
And if you want to come into our space and honor our space, great. And if not, then we're going to give you weird vibes and maybe you pay attention and stay out. (laughs) There is so much witchcraft going on in that graveyard. Mm -hmm. I have watched so many people walk out in cloaks with holding candles. And there's this grave that everyone refers to as the witch's grave. And it is the biggest pet peeve of my life. It drives me freaking wild because it was proven to be an archbishop's grave, but people leave crystals and they leave sigils all over it because they think it's a witch's grave. In what history do witches have extravagant graves buried amongst soldiers? It like literally doesn't (laughs) even make sense. It drives me crazy. That archbishop is just rolling in his grave, yeah. <laughs> dying. Not happy. Not happy. So mad. It. Yeah. It, he. Yeah. He must have had it coming or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's also like a fascinating thing to me, and I think it ties back to thinking about like correct history, right? <laughs> like when you look at these things, like people have done so much um you know cemetery history and and you like we have the technology people like you can do a quick search <laughs> and find that out but i just love people who are like no it's a witch's grave and you're like it's not a witch's grave it's an archbishop's this, grave and i am so mad i don't want this to be my city's folklore i moved no. here 18 years ago 18 years ago when somebody told me that it has been ongoing for so my friend michelle who owns the occult bookstore down here wrote a paper about how it's an archbishop's grave and everything (laughs) like ah (laughs) you know pop culture and stuff like that doesn't help sometimes you know what i mean like it it helps and hinders things the winchester mystery house but there you go oh (laughs) example of we love to populate the myth yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. And for whatever reason, you know, there are always going to be those individuals that um, are, are curious uh, and entertained by mm-hmm. the phenomenon and the culture around it, yet they are posers. They are wearing the t-shirt <laughs> of the band that they've never heard before. Yep. And that is going to be the case. And here we are, just nerds <laughs> sitting in a room. Can I also bring something up? Most recently, we've been getting some negative reviews about night drift on occasion and it is most definitely people that take offense to us talking about socio-political i don't know ponderings on this program and saying leave the politics out of this program it's not about politics this is not a political show but what we are doing is including a full spectrum of humanity and what our relationship Mm -hmm. is to different power structures, to our history, to the context of what the unknown means to us. So please, if you don't like what we're saying, that's fine. I love and appreciate you because I don't care. And this isn't for you if you're not open to just being open-minded and open-hearted about what this process is. I'm not trying to push anything on you, you know, but there are certain elements that are out there that maybe a few of us really believe in. And we're not going to sacrifice what we need to say in order to please just a few people that, you know, don't care about listening to others, you know, and be a part of it, be a part of it together. So thank you for reviewing and rating the program. 
But when it comes to this program in particular, if you don't like it, just, you know, I'm sorry. See you in court. See you in court. <laughs> she's, wear, she's, she's, wear, she's wearing a see you in court t-shirt. Yeah, so anyway. I just, sorry I, to, sorry I to bring the program that, down there real quick. But you didn't I just bring it down. But I just love that these are the same folks that are like, I'm open to aliens and ghosts and the paranormal and all these things that are different, but they are not welcoming to their fellow human being. It's unreal. These are the people that want to hunt Bigfoot and not just be friends with Bigfoot. <laughs> I've, it is listen, maddening. Listen, I've met some no real sense. quality people that want to hunt Bigfoot too, right? I know you're just joking sure. around, Darcy. Like <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of people that approach um, this material from a lot of different um, yes respective ways and yes, i appreciate absolutely. people like entering into the party right now and going like hey i got here because i was obsessed with you know the pentagon report of like uaps right and now they're here nine in a room. pages of craziness yeah and now we're talking <laughs> yeah exactly and now we're talking now they're in this room with us right now or listening to this as a podcast and they're going like what are we i gotta really learn more about magic what's <laughs> mm -hmm. going on here like in and, and it man maybe i should like Oh, maybe I should change my behavior in a cemetery or like how I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Have dates at the cemetery and blare AFI. I'm going to say about the dates and blaring AFI. You can do that. There, it, yeah, you can absolutely do it. And here's why. No, I don't know. I don't know about as this. This, this no, is no, no. Take risks. This is, this is some history, Jim. This is some history. <laughs> so okay. the Victorians, as cemeteries and graveyards start, you know, growing in popularity would go yeah. and picnic in the cemetery quite okay. often. Like that was a very known thing. And then when the <laughs> Memorial Park started rising in popularity, difference mm -hmm. between upright monuments versus flat monuments, part of the Memorial Parks, the I idealism behind the Memorial Park was kind of to erase the stigma of death. So it could be a wow. place where you would come and share time with family and loved ones. Oh, that makes sense. So it's maybe just turn down the AFI, but you don't yeah. got to not picnic yeah. with the right. AFI. Right. Also, maybe it. just bring them like a snack too. Right. Like, right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. A food in. offering. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Grave well, goods, baby. Listen, Grave um, goods. we we dug around a lot of territory here is what we did <laughs> in this conversation. And I appreciate I appreciate you two so much. Thank you so much for coming on the program, uh, as always. And Katie, we've got to have you back uh, more yes. frequently. It's just so fun. To, <laughs> it's always so fun to talk with you. And you have great stories and so much great experience. So thank you so much. And for the patrons in the room. Thank you so much for joining us once again for one of these weird little night drift recordings uh, happening live on this Patreon feed. Um, if, you know, there's someone listening to this that would like to join us for one of these in the future, they happen every once in a while. They're not, uh, you know, weekly or whatever, but we do try to do them every once in a while and we get together and connect in this way. It's a really cool scene. You can go to patreon.com slash for that. Um, Darcy, where can people find, you know, what you do, your material, and in particular, man, people really need to see your TEDx talk. Oh, thank you so Congratulations much. Congratulations on that. It's so thank good. Thank you so much. And everyone needs to watch it. 
Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Darcy Staniforth. So D-A-R-C-Y-S-T-A-N-I-F-O-R-T-H. And if you want to find the TEDx talk, uh, look up Darcy Staniforth Anderson. And the title of it is Death, Grief, and the College Student. It's so cool. So thank you, Jim, for so cool. posting that and for that compliment. Yeah. Congratulations, buddy. Thank and you. Katie, where can people find where can they find you? Where can they find your work? I mean, you do these awesome divination cards now and you offer some <laughs> classes and stuff, right? Like where can people find all of this? I'm all over the place. Um, I'm on, I've got a link tree, which is probably the easiest. It's Gorgonized. Um, Twitter, Gorgon, Katie, Gorgon underscore Katie. TikTok. Find me on TikTok. I love TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, deep and you're good in at... my womb lands. Deep, yeah. deep in my womb lands. <laughs> <Yeah>. I love TikTok. <laughs> um, I don't do that much on there though. I'm more of a creeper. Uh, <laughs> really on the old uh, Twitter. Twitter's the spot. We yeah. can chat. We can make jokes. Twitter's the one. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> Very much appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, KKNW, 1150 AM in Seattle. And, of course, you can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Go to euphemet.com for more, and join us next Sunday. Until then, keep looking. Follow the show on social media at euphemet, E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T.